Ali Krieger, you're a two-time World Cup winner and captain of New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC. I believe it's your final professional season, too. And you're also covering the Women's World Cup for us here at ESPN. And you're here to talk to us about Team USA's performance in the group stage as they prepare to enter the knockout stage. So as Groupie is wrapped up, can you give us a vibe check for the U.S. women's national team at this moment? <laughs> well, firstly, thanks so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with, with you. So I really appreciate it. Um, yes, it's such an exciting time right now for the World Cup. This is the best tournament in the world. This is the pinnacle of our sport. Everybody wants to be a part of it. And to be a part of this team is actually so, so, so difficult. The amount of uh, energy that you have to put into this job at playing at the highest level and be your best every day is really, really difficult mentally, physically, emotionally. So I remember being in those tournaments and, and really just having to give everything to win this championship. So firstly, I want to just be so happy that we've made it through to right. the round of 16, right? We know that we're not performing our best. We know that it definitely can be better. It's not the U.S. that we've seen in the past, but this year is a different team and it's a different environment. Teams are catching up. Teams are playing really well, especially against us. And so I think it's been... Um, yeah, really surprising to see that we're playing a little bit different than we have in the past. Usually we're dominating, but it's a long tournament. Everyone's kind of freaking out right now that we're not performing the way that we should. But mm -hmm. if you really think about it, you have seven games in this tournament and no one's going to remember these past two games, you know, if we win the whole thing. So um, in previous years, we've also lost in the group stage uh, when I've been in the tournament as well. So, you know, you, you just kind of have to be proud to, to move on to the round of 16. And now you kind of roll your sleeves up and you just get your focus back into what you need to be doing and doing it well. The U.S. women's national team is headed to the knockout stage of the World Cup. And while their lackluster performance in the group stage wasn't exactly what we were expecting, hope is still alive for Team USA's dream of a three-peat. So today, Ali Krieger shares what she saw on the pitch from her old team in their breakdown versus Portugal, how expansion of women's soccer around the world has elevated this year's tournament, and why the U.S. are facing their biggest challenge yet in physical powerhouse Sweden in the round of 16. I'm Israel Gutierrez. It's Friday, August 4th. This is ESPN Daily. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. So, Ali, I want to take you back to the last U.S. game, the last of the group stage against Portugal early Tuesday morning. It ended in a 0-0 mm -hmm. draw. And the consensus was that the U.S. just didn't play their best. What do you think went wrong for Team USA in that game? 
Yeah, I think we looked a bit timid. I don't think we were as consistent as we want to be. I think, um, you know, we looked a bit disconnected, but we did create chances, right? We created chances and now we just have to put the ball in the back of the net because most games or some games, you might only get one or two chances and you have to put the ball in the back of the net in order to win. So it's not always going to be pretty, right? But we got through and that's what's important. I think just... Building those relationships between the lines in and around with the players who are next to you and in front of you and behind you, I think is something that needs to be key moving into the next round because this is a game where you have to win or you go home. A lot of these players really haven't played all that that you know many games together. I remember right. when previous tournaments and previous years, we had our starting lineup together for six, seven months, right? Mm-hmm. So some of these players are just kind of being thrown in there. So I think some of it has to do do with those personnel decisions and then others has to do with the players just their willingness to do everything in, in their ability to to be able to win and, and move forward and, and play better. You mentioned a potential lack of connection there mm-hmm. against a team like Portugal that you knew was going to be organized defensively and you as a team, Team USA, knew that you only needed to draw to advance How do you think they attacked given those factors? Because it seemed like there was a conversation that there was more of hero ball or individual play and not as much team play as you would like to have seen. Yeah, and I can see that too, especially as a former player. We've always played as a team and and really connected well. I just think that it's not the end of the world that it doesn't look like that just yet, right? So right. we're going into this game and now they have an opportunity to really perform that the, the way that they expect to perform, the way that they want the standard to be. So they definitely need to uh, figure out how to get connected quickly. And that's not only within each line, but that's also connecting from front to back and side to side. And so that that's really difficult to do if you haven't played with a lot of these players consistently. So they just need to figure out a way to create more chances. And then when they do create more chances, they need to put the ball away. And so here we are heading into the knockout stage. But after that draw, the team faced some criticism from your former teammate, Carly Lloyd, who said... I'm just seeing a very lackluster, uninspiring, taking it for granted where winning and training and doing all that you can to be the best possible individual player is not happening. Now, you call those comments unnecessary. And Lindsay Horan, current captain of the U.S. Women's National Team, responded this week. Again, it is noise. Um, sometimes, you know, you hear it, you see it, and sometimes it's hard to, to get away get away from it. But you know, us being the U.S. national team, we're always going to have that. You, you guys always want to talk about us, and we're, we're going to take that, that pressure. We're going to go with it, but we're going to, you know, focus on ourselves and, you know, look at everything internally and, and try to keep the noise out as much as possible. In your World Cup experience, how did you handle this type of pressure, and what are you seeing from this squad and how they're responding to it? Yeah, it's very difficult to kind of understand the type of pressure that you're in and the type of environment that you're in unless you've really been through it. And so that's why I was surprised at Carly's comments. And I thought that was a bit harsh because you can't question their willingness and their motivation to want to win and put themselves in a position to be successful because you work your entire life for this moment. And I don't think that they're going about it any other way than in a serious way. And they know how much work that they put into this moment. 
They think that, you know, this is a really pressure situation. This is an environment where you can be uncomfortable. A lot of these players, it's their first time ever being a part of a tournament like this. So, you know, those comments coming from a player who I've played three World Cups with and uh, an Olympics and, you know, have been involved with many tournaments. I was a bit surprised because she knows how that environment can be and everyone's different, right? So the way that we reacted two, three years ago or even 20 years ago on this team is going to be much different than the way they're going to react and and perform now. And it doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's just different. And I think we just need to wait and see how we come out on Sunday and how we perform because I know it's there. I know and I trust that they can get the job done. U.S. Women's National Team head coach Vladko Andonovsky defended the team that he trusts, firing back at Lloyd's comments, saying, This team wanted to win this game more than anything else, and they've put everything they could in preparation for this tournament and in every game that they go. So to, to question the, the mentality of this team, to question the, the, the willingness to win, the, the, to compete, uh, I think it's, uh, it's insane. How do you think he's handled this situation? Yeah, I agree with him 100%. I I think that he responded well to, to her comment because you know that these players, they have the willingness, they have the mentality, they have the drive to want to win or else they wouldn't be there. It's a choice yeah. to be on this team too. And they've worked their butts off to get there. And the fact to say they don't have the willingness or the mentality, that's a bit harsh for me. So I I totally agree with Vlaco and I disagree with Carly's comments because out of everyone, we know how it feels. We know how much work you put into it and, and what it takes. And so they have the mentality, they have the willingness, they just need to raise the standard a little bit um, and kind of iron out those little details. And I think we're going to be good to go on Sunday. You mentioned the U.S.'s need to finish mm-hmm. um, when they have opportunities. There was a lot of excitement coming into the tournament about Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, Alex Morgan. How would you say that trio has performed so far? And what more would you want to see from them? Yeah, I mean, the first game, I was really excited because, you know, Soph had two goals. She had an assist as well to Lindsay's goal. The bounce. Smith played it back. Horan settles, shoots. Finally for Lindsay Horan. Third time's a charm. Three nothing U.S. I was really excited to then see more. Obviously, that was probably our best game out of the the three. And moving forward, the, these three forwards are all the forwards that we have on in the squad are are very lethal in front of the goal. And so it's been surprising, but also um, we have to look at the team play, right? You have to look at how the lines are connected, the chances that we are creating, the opportunities that, you know, are created from the buildup. It's not just the front line. Um, It's definitely has to do with the connection between the lines, the build out and how we are manipulating and, and unorganizing the opponent defensively. So you can't just blame the forwards uh, in this. There's a lot that goes into um, creating these opportunities out on the field and really, you know, applying what they do in training onto the field on game day. Well, they're not the only ones receiving a little bit of criticism. Head coach Vladko Andonovsky has received a good amount of criticism from fans, from players alike. There's a lot of questions about his substitutions and when he makes them. Uh, What are your impressions of his game plan so far? 
Yeah, I I don't know if I've been that impressed. Obviously, we know the standard needs to be higher, but the coach always is the first person to get criticized, right? So, you know, haven't been impressed with the substitutions. I think I remember in previous years, we were able to kind of change out most of our squad and allow the starters to rest um, mm-hmm. during, especially in 2019, when, you know, we played against Costa Rica, we kind of did a whole switch um, and did really well. So I feel like the trust of the coach was there in the players that they put out on the field. And I don't necessarily know if I I could say by the looks of, you know, what has been happening and by what we've seen and the lack of substitutions that he does trust, you know, some of those players. And that's really huge as a leader and a manager. I mean, for me, you know, you choose these, these 23 players who you believe can really win you a World Cup. And I think there has to be more confidence from a head coach looking down the bench saying, okay, I can make some changes. We can create more rhythm. We can create more opportunities. We can get these players who I chose out on this field to really make an impact. And I don't know if we've necessarily seen that. Right, because the depth of this U.S. team is unmatched. Right. So turning to the bench is not the worst thing in the world. Exactly. And we've seen it in previous World Cups and we've needed everyone. It takes 23 players to win this tournament. And so I hope moving forward that maybe that can be adjusted because now you have your starters playing 90 minutes for three games. That's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to last the entire tournament. After the break... Ali tells us what we can expect in Team USA's next match. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Picture this, you arrive at your hotel, you have an important online meeting lined up with clients from all across the country, you have your laptop open, ready to begin, and the Wi-Fi is so terrible you can't even connect. These type of stressful situations happen all the time, but they don't have to. When you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you have access to their free high-speed Wi-Fi, so you can take care of those critical emails, join your meetings on time, and even unwind by streaming your favorite shows without having to worry. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ali Krieger, now we know every match in the knockout stage is going to be a great test and starts with Sweden in the round of 16. They've got to do this, though, without Rose Lavelle, who received a yellow card in their game against Portugal, her second in the group stage. Now, Rose is also dealing with a bit of a knee injury coming into the tournament, but she's certainly the creative engine, if you will, in that midfield. She's one of the team's biggest and most productive stars. So how are they going to be able to manage her absence? There's definitely a big loss in Rose. You know, the yellow card accumulation is kind of silly. Unfortunately, I don't think that was a yellow, the second yellow card that she got. I definitely think she got pushed into the player. It just didn't look uh, right. 
um, in my opinion. And look, the decision's made and we have to find ways to figure it out. In previous years, we've, you know, had red cards um, in 2011 against Brazil and we came back to win. And there was another yellow card accumulation from Lauren uh, Lauren Holiday at the time, Lauren Cheney, in 2015, where we had to figure it out against China. So... Yeah, it's just a part of it, right? It's a part of the game and they're going to have to just figure it out. It's a big, big loss because she is, you know, the engine in midfield who creates a lot of uh, chances in the final third for us. So it'll be um, tough, but I know that, you know, someone else will definitely be willing to step up and, and do their best to figure it out. Yeah. Do you have any idea on who that someone else might be? Any suggestions on who might want to, you know, fill that void? Yeah. I mean, I think that Crystal Dunn should be playing in the 10 for me personally. Um, I've been actually happy with DeMello there. I think she's done a really excellent job. And it's unfortunate also that she's only played in these couple games in the tournament. I think she should have been on the team a long time ago. And also Ashley Sanchez has done well in both the league and with the full team when she's had opportunities. And so I think there's, you know, a chance for her to to be seen. I'm unsure what he's going to do, but we need to trust that he'll just make the right decision. Ali, what else can you tell us about Sweden? What kind of challenge they're going to be presenting to the U.S. women's national team? Well, they've become even more athletic over the years, and they're always really tough to play against because um, they're physical, they have a really good mentality, and also they have a willingness to just want to fight till the end. And so that makes it difficult. They come out always with a specific game plan against us, and that's really hard to break down, you know, and disorganize their defense in order to create opportunities for us. And so we really have to be aware on the transitional moments as well, because in previous games, even our defensive transition hasn't been great. Right. So I do think if we can kind of stay compact, we can make sure we tidy up our defensive transitional moments, um, then we can have a chance. I think that they're going to be really dangerous at that and, and playing a little bit direct um, in moments. And so we have to just be aware. I think they'll be licking their chops, really, to be honest. And so mm-hmm. we have to come out guns blazing and we have to be ready to put them on their heels right from the start. And then the last time we played them, we we lost. So yeah. this is definitely going to be a game that's, um, yeah, going to be really, really important for us to show up and show out. Well, it kind of creates an interesting case study because I'm curious, you know, as a player, would you rather be in a game like this where you're almost an underdog mentality, right? You're kind of where the U.S. is right now, a little down mm-hmm. versus where they've been through the group stage, feeling like the favorites and right. supposed to be on top of the world with all the pressure to perform. Which one of those would you have preferred to play in? Yeah, that's a great question and a really good point. I do feel like now they have something to prove, right? They feel mm. like they have something to prove and I think that's an easier position to be in. I think that's the mentality that we've always um, had if we've coming off of a loss, right? That's always very uncomfortable for us because we're rarely ever there. And so now I do feel like they have something to prove and they're going to be willing to get after it right from the start. I think they've kind of had a little, you know, moment there where they've been checked, right? And and they need to now show up or you go home. It's pretty simple. You mentioned some concerns about Vladko Andonovsky's substitution strategy and the inability to sort of use all of his team's depth. Would you say that's more of a concern about his coaching tactics or is it more of a reflection of just how much better the world's gotten in terms of women's soccer over the last, I don't know, 20 years? I mean, you look at the teams who didn't advance, like the usual suspects, Germany and Canada, they're gone. And instead you have newcomers like Morocco and Jamaica in the round of 16. 
I think a little bit of both. I, I really value a lot of the players who are actually not seeing the field as much as they should be. And maybe just trying to change it up a little bit towards the end of games and really add in a few different types of players could be a key to unlock more of our attacking prowess. I think that it will be a missed opportunity if a lot of the players aren't going to be used. But I do agree with you in that everyone else is just getting better. They're, the investment right. in women's sports is growing and also just more specifically in soccer. You see even Jamaica winning, going through to the next round and tying Brazil in order to do that. It's And then you see even South Africa playing really well. Also Portugal against us. I mean, that was just, you see other teams who usually are nowhere near the round of 16. Right. Um, now they're really investing in their women and their sports. And so you can see that investment really now turning into the growth of the game. And now it's it's a really exciting tournament because any team now, I feel like, could win. I don't think I had more fun in any game than watching Germany-Columbia right. and the way the Colombian women play. That was so exciting. Yeah, and they're another exciting team. I mean, everyone is catching up and federations are investing more and then they're seeing the reward of that investment. And so I think that's just going to continue to grow and progress. And it's really, really exciting to, to see and be a part of. Okay, Allie, it's 5 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. Are you going to be getting up to watch USA Sweden live? I for sure I'm going to be getting up. I got up at the 3 a.m. because I just couldn't, you know, stand like just watching it uh, or f seeing it on Twitter or any other right. social media platform the next morning. So I have to be a part of it. I feel so nervous watching because I can't even control <laughs> physically or, or vocally, right? Um, I'm like yelling at the TV. So it's really exciting for me. I'm definitely going to be watching live um, at 5 a.m. I'll get up an hour later anyway just to get the kids up. So it's going to be probably nothing new for me. I'm really excited about the game and I can't can't wait to can't wait to watch and and see everyone else you know enjoy it just as much. Well, my game plan is multiple thirty-minute power naps throughout the day, <laughs> so getting up at five a.m. won't be that big of a problem. Allie Krieger, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. Thank you, I appreciate you having me. I'm Israel Gutierrez. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Bradford Craig, Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Heather Lombardo, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, Andres Soto, Andy Tennant, and Aaron Vale. Special thanks this week to Deontay Epps, Garrett Lang, and Jackson Agello. I'll talk to you Monday. Monday. 